Welcome to part two of Full Tilt Malone. So far in this saga, we were introduced to St. Patrick Mulaney Malone, a dandy city man in the bustling metropolis of San Francisco shortly after the close of the Civil War. We also met his lovely new bride, Tallulah, as she prepared her man for his first meeting with her mysterious family. Her sisters, Bryn, Grundle, and Sox, as well as the imposing patriarch, Atlantis Warmetal, to prove his worth to his new father-in-law, Malone has accepted a dangerous mission to quell a worker uprising in a hard scrabble rail town on the unforgiving eastern frontier of the west coast. Thus begins the continuation of my sordid tale. The next morning, Malone was whisked away to the train station to board the Eastern Zephyr Limited. On the board to the eastern frontier, Boston, Carson City, certain death, then cremation. As he wandered car to car, searching for his seat, Malone penned a letter to his slighted bride. Dearest Tallulah, I hope this letter finds you in a more forgiven mood, as I have yet to hear from you since the night of the Crucible. You must believe me when I tell you that my cold behavior at dinner was merely a ruse to gain the trust of your father. I swear that everything I do is intended to provide the means and wages to transform me from the pitiful man begging you in this letter to a true man of wealth and substance worthy of your hand. I will return to you when I have achieved this goal. That is, of course, if you will accept this fool back into your graces. Until then, my love, I am off to the great eastern frontier. I know not what adventures await me out here. But Neptune himself could not keep me from coming back home to you. Keep high your spirits, my dear. Your husband is thinking of you, and will be home in no time. Alone absentmindedly bumped into Prefontaine Labarge, a tall and rugged Cajun man in a conductor hat with a gold pocket watch tucked into his vest. Oh, terribly sorry. Well, um... I was just writing a letter to my, uh... Mail call's about to be uncoupled. Labarge grabbed Malone's letter, stuffed it in a pouch, and handed it to Porter Churn. Porter wore a blue uniform with a UC interrail postage outfit Carson City patch on the sleeve. Take this man's letter. Listen here, company man. Steady yourself. Zephyr's got a way of teaching nasty lessons to the soft-footed, you hear? Uh, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Sir is my stationary name. On the rails, they call me Old Man, or Lebarge, or Conductor Lebarge, or Conductor Old Man. The choosing's up to you. Now, company man, what's your business on this here train? Mr. Warmetal hired me to oversee uh, construction at the cremation junction. Cremation? Ain't nothing like that piss stain in the sand but death and pestilence. What's a dandy like you thinking you can say to those hard men that they gonna listen to that they make a heaven already shouted at their deaf ears? Well, I, uh, I was just told to oversee construction. I'm, I'm afraid I don't, uh, know what you mean exactly. Exactly speaking, I mean these men are no strangers to the effects of three waterless days on end. No food but what they shoot and trap on their own. Why old war metal think a bathed, school-learned suit-wearer like you can shift the camp's focus on survival towards a newfound hunger for job performances beyond me, company man. I seen these men gut their own for suggesting they pull a body off the tracks for a decent burial because they thought he was starting to sound like a company man his own damn self. Why, are the conditions really so bad? Easier men are beating dogs. They keen on biting someone awful soon. You do y'all's business and you do it quick like while we offload. That gives you three days. 
You feel like they priming to string you up by your pecker. You just scuttle on back to the Zephyr, and I'll take you back home to your feather pillows and solid gold bedpans. Well, I'm not just some soft-heeled city boy, you know. I was once considered for service in Lincoln's army. Oh, my! Forgive my indulgences, General. I had no idea I was in the presence of a bona fide potential war hero. If I may be so bold, how many medals would you have won? Well, I may not have actually been enlisted, but I assure you I helped the cause. Oh, you helped the cause. How many balls did you produce? How many uniforms did you sew? I'll have you know I was selected above all those in my troop to answer the call of my nation. I thought you never enlisted. No, my troop. I was an actor. And because of my ability to reach the masses and inspire fear, hope, rage, and, God willing, patriotism, I was picked, or dare I say, my mastery of the craft was selected, to go forth and capture the hearts of the noblemen of the God-fearing North, to maintain this grand experiment in the only true divine governance. While I may have never fired a rifle or fixed a bayonet, I took aim at the hearts of all able-bodied northern men and pulled triggers of their courage and sent my Union balls hurling over the petulant south. So yes, sir, I enlisted. I enlisted hundreds of brave Union soldiers. Recruiter, huh? I never had me a recruiter, unless you count the blockade that choked my daddy's store till he had to pack us up and ship us out in Mississippi way. Did you fight? Tried to. Captured after Pemberton pussyfooted, sent a thousand to their deaths for goddamn Mississippi. Thank heavens you sent so many holy soldiers down to my neck of the woods. Although if I was a bitter man, I would point out that my treatment in your camps was not exactly neighborly. Well, though, war was hell on us all. Yes, I suppose we all made sacrifices. If you'll excuse me, I gotta shove coal up this old girl's ass. But wait, what do I do when we get to cremation? There's only one thing you gotta know about riding the rails out here. The trains run on time. Here, take this here watch. Uh, but wh what and if... if some rock good hombre runs on his own time? The barge pulled a rusty revolver from beneath his vest and handed it to Malone. You set his clock back. Well, I I've never... You on the rails now. No acting out here. You a real thing or you a dead thing. A man who ain't handy with the steel out here ain't really handy at all. Next stop, cremation! Back in the icy confines of War Metal's office, Tallulah and her sisters lounged about whilst her father signed insurance documents. So, sisters, how are the animals? been ever so long since I've seen them. Drowned. Well, on our honeymoon, husband and Mr. I... Mr. Cavendish. Yes. Mr. Cavendish and I went to a wonderful zoo in St. Louis, and, and get this, they had an elephant. Father, I bet you couldn't fit an elephant on the grounds. Bryn. Yes, Father. Take your sisters to the mausoleum. Give Tallulah a view of what is taking up all of her elephant room. Father, I didn't mean Come, to... sister. An evening with the family macabre will acclimate you during your homecoming. 
effigy, unclock yourself. About time. Effigy Burns slipped out from behind the grandfather clock. He was a slim man in a tailored suit with slicked back hair and an eye patch. Take these orders to the men. The old man does not make it out of cremation. It'd be my pleasure. But, uh, what about the husband? Cavendish. The men are professionals, but if he intervenes... The man shows promise, but I suspect him to be a coward at heart. Instruct them to aim at the extremities. But if he resists, they're to do what needs to be done. I want him dealt with. I want the old man dealt with. Understood. Standing on the roof of the Eastern Zephyr Limited, the barge teaches Malone the finer points of gun shootsmanship. Now, instinct dictates you shoot them in the eyeballs. Does it? But if I teach you anything, it is this. The eyeballs are damn difficult to put a bullet through. Difficult, but not impossible. However, a dandy such as yourself should aim for something close to the all-wheels house. Try the chest, neck, or peckle region. You send Mr. Slug the blood down, he's gonna wanna drink his fill. To deny Mr. Slug is to deny your own damn self. Now, company man, send Monsieur Slug to the buffet. Malone took aim at a murder of crows in the distance. Oh, sorry, I guess I need some work. You don't work on bringing a spoon to y'all's mouth, do you? Beg your pardon? You don't work on whipping out y'all's pecker to take a piss? Well, no, it's not something I work on. Then why is you working on shooting? Shooting ain't no different than handling your other pistol. A man just do. So do, man. Hey, I got it! Had a fine company, man. If cremation is as bad as you say, I'm still not sure I'll be ready to defend myself just from killing birds. Shooting crows ain't no different from killing a man. A much smaller winged man. If some creature is swooping in to pick out your eyeballs, it don't matter none the creature species. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's enough for today. Come on now. We gotta batten down the hatches and kick this bitch in the rear if we're gonna make cremation by nightfall. But I need more practice. We'll practice some more things a little later on. The trains run on time, yeah? Yeah, I, I wish I would have gotten a clean shot. I hate the idea of that animal suffering back there. Uh, all right. These are hard times for hard men, and God help the man who ain't handy with the steel. At a remote Indian burial ground, we find the Oman brothers, Hunter and Beryl, as well as their accomplices, Hesitance Delay and Chance Hansen, as they ravage burial mounds. Hey, look! A skull! How much you want to bet this fetches me a dollar down San Antonio way? Came here for turquoise, and turquoise we shall have. Well, yeah, but since we're here... Turquoise, Chance! Turquoise! G guys, I don't think we should be doing this, you know? Curses being what they are in these parts. Peril, back me up. C curses, right? Curses, schmerces, Hez! Squiggly handwriting can't hurt nobody! No, Peril, C curses, like what them Indians put on white folks who... Ogle their belongings. 
Scalpers don't have belongings, his. Government freed this land from the whole greedy lot. The entire damned country is now at the whim of the human potential. It's like a fine peony. Well, how's that? If some old fool is using such an instrument to sling whiskey in a whorehouse, can you blame a piano player for sitting in to play a tune? This is America, and we're just in time for the overture. Say, y'all hear that? We're living up to our potential. These bones and rocks ain't doing anybody no good sitting here in the dirt. Come on, grab a skull. I know a guy. Turquoise, how many times I gotta tell you fools? We're just here for the turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> Effigy appears in a gray suit and a black cowboy hat. The grave robbers scatter out into a wide arc and draw their pistols. This is a constant Owen burial. Hope I use turquoise. You boys are about 400 miles off the X. What's your business, stranger? You just get, mister. We came upon these bones first. Turquoise. I don't see it. There ain't none. Shut up. Well, we might as well get something. I, I told y'all this was a bad idea. You shut up now. All of you. What's your business here? Name's Effigy Burns. Now, how would you cultured gentlemen feel about entertaining an offer that would keep you out of the grave and put some money in your pockets? I need four good men... And by that I mean I need four bad men for a job. Man, fuck this city slicker. <laughs> Correction, I need three bad men for a job. Oh, hell. Maintain, boys, maintain. Shit, Hunter, he killed our cousin. Do this fool in. <laughs> you got a set of bull balls on you, don't you? How much are we talking? But Chance, he killed Chance. Our cousin! Ring a bell? He's a dead guy over there! Dinner's still warm in his belly! He had his uh, opportunity to keep his mouth shut, and I ain't never seen Chance draw like that before. I tend to go with the man with the fastest gun. Call it a quirk. Feel free to help yourself to his skull since we apparently ain't gonna find any goddamn turquoise around here. Well, sir, consider our interest peaked. I represent a benefactor that needs a debt of disrespect repaid in full. I figured the Oman gang, what with your lack of news ragging, could manage to collect this debt discreetly. Now wait a minute, mister. We got plenty of ink. We're wanted in six counties. Mm, you get that I selected you because no one's ever heard of you, right? But since I don't believe you, we can continue. Unless you'd prefer I fill these graves you have so generously uncovered for me. Well... Uh, you know what they say, no press is good press. Right. There is an old man, a conductor, in the town of cremation. He's a rough drunk in a town full of the sort. Present yourself as yet another disgruntled rail worker and shoot him dead. This is a mighty cumbersome envelope. How do you know we're not the trustworthy, honorable men we present ourselves as and just decide to take a stroll down Mexico way to enjoy an early retirement? Because as cumbersome as that envelope is, you strike me as someone strong enough to handle one twice as thick when the job is done. <laughs> and because if you try to steal from me or my benefactor, there won't be enough hombres in all of Mexico to keep me from getting to you. We ain't gonna steal. Hunter, tell him we don't steal. He just saw us steal a turquoise. Schools, are we clear? Clear, Mr. Effigy. Now he's only in town for a couple of days. Get there and deal with him. Now wait a minute, mister. 
Asshole as he may have been, you still killed my cousin. Shouldn't we, like, get restitution or something? You know, recompense? Oh, shut your yap, Peril. You're putting us in jeopardy. Uh, this ought to cover his worth. Oh, a penny. Well, every bit counts. Well, Mr. Prefontaine LaBarge, I'll be seeing you real soon. The Zephyr pulled to a stop whilst workers departed the train. The town of Cremation was a collection of shoddily built shacks and shanties a few miles shy of an abandoned bridge project. Prostitutes and drunks filled mud streets, whilst piano ditties rang out from dozens of saloons. Handwritten posters denouncing war metal covered most of the walls. Malone stepped off the train whilst LaBarge leaned out from the end. Find a place to turn in for the night, but stay keen. Say, what's your name? It's Roscoe Cavendish. Your real name. Well, what do you mean? My name is... My name is Malone. I kind of thought you'd just keep calling me company man. I ain't getting soft on you if that's what you're thinking. Just thought you'd want to keep your ties to the company under your hat for the duration. See you around, Malone. You know where to find me when the bullets come calling. Prostitutes, drunks, and gamblers filled the first floor of Hell's Bell's brothel. Malone approached the bar to find Heavens to Betsy, the gracefully aged owner in a dark red corset. She carried herself confidently, but was clearly suffering from the water shortage in town. Well, look at you, bathing and everything. Nobody told this old gal a real live gent would be stopping by. Heavens to Betsy's the name, what'll you have? Water is off the menu, but we do serve all other manner of wet refreshments. Uh, I was hoping I might trouble you for a room. I figured, but what kind of furnishings would you prefer? Here at the Bells, we offer entertainment from all corners of the globe. European, Oriental, maybe even a little something from the dark continent. No judgments here, mister. Oh, thank you, ma'am. I'm not really in the mood for a show. I'd just like to get to bed and lie down. Looking for someone to do all the work, huh? Come again. No problem, mister. We'll take care of you. How many hours can I put you down for? Well, gee, I'm useless on anything less than eight. I admire the confidence. Thanks. Well, what do I owe you? Well, let's see. Thirteen dollars should cover it. For one room? Did you want more? What? No, no, one should do it. Wonderful. These gals will show you up. Oh my, that's service. Just you wait, big spender. Well, thanks for showing me up. Oh, of course. Um, for your trouble. I should be turning in now. Um, yeah, well, you all seem very friendly. I, I should tell your employer. Girls, please, I'm spoken for and you're working. Ladies, please. One moment, ladies. I seem to have misplaced the. No, 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 I'm gonna need to get in the room. I won't get any sleep in there. <sighs> Wait, what's that? 
Christopher Cross, they're going to kill the old man. In the room adjacent to Malone's ladies, Hunter and Peril a man, along with hesitance delay, discuss matters most foul. Me and Hazel caused some kind of distraction in peril. I'm giving you the honor of pulling the trigger on the old man. Oh, thank you, brother. But you being the leader and all, shouldn't you get the honor? Well, thank you for saying that, brother. But you've more than earned it. Besides, I, I have to watch after Haz. Oh, fellas, fellas, we can't really go through with this, right? C -c Killing some c conductor for money? I don't know. I mean, we, we never actually c killed nobody before. Oh, please. The old man gang ain't killed nobody before? I killed more than I ain't killed yet. Hell, I killed my first school teacher just to teach her a lesson. I once killed a grave digger for the convenience of it. Yeah, I, I killed a drunk because he looked like he could use a shot. Well, that's nothing. Did I ever tell you about the time I... You're right, Peril. You're far better killer than me. That's why you should do it. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I ain't never killed no one. What? How to gutless the peril? What's a name for someone who's never killed someone? A normal p p person? Hunter? What now? I, I ain't never killed no one either. D d dang it, boys! Do I gotta do everything? Fine. I'll kill the barge. You two draw the workers away. Unbelievable. You know you guys. Oh, I've got to get to La Burge. Malone races the heavens to Betsy down at the bar. Oh, excuse me, miss. Bit off a bit more than you could chew, huh? It happens. I need to find a man named La Burge. Do you know where he stays? The old man? Everybody knows him. He's supposed to be addressing the workers at the town square. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, and I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but your maids are a bit overzealous in their hospitality. I haven't heard that complaint before. As Malone raced out into the cremation night, Conductor Labarge addressed a group of rail workers from a stage in the town square. Now, meanwhile, old War Metal is at home counting his gold. How long we gonna sit here dying in this here desert before someone ups and starts a fuss? About time we send that son bitch a little what for. Now, I know you gentlemen fancy ourselves rugged individualists, but the only way we're gonna grab old Moneybag's attention is by banding together and shouting down his gullet that we ain't gonna lay down one more damn tie lest we get some goddamn water down in these parts. Mr. Oldman, Conductor LaBarge! Let's see him run his precious trains through the goddamn dirt if he pleases. Across the square from the podium, Hesitance kept a nervous lookout as Peril set dynamite at the base of the water tower. Working together in some sort of union, we can force War Metal to give us water. And when that there day comes knocking, my brothers, the first drink is on. The base of the water tower exploded. The empty cistern fell to the ground in a plume of dusty wood. The crowd scattered forcing Malone to fight even harder to reach the stage as Hunter pulled a pistol from his waist and approached LaBarge. Do it. Do it. All right. Spoon mouth. Pecker in hand. <gasps> oh, sweet shit. He was right. Right in the eyeball. 
Barge and fumbled to reload. Slow down, son. Well, what do I do? Labarge pulled out his pocket watch and gave it to Malone with a trembling hand. Take your time. Uh, fuck you, Mississippi. Uh. Oh, seriously? There was a moment of silence as Malone stood over Labarge's body. The crowd slowly moved in. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I tried to... As Malone tucked his pistol into his waistband, he discovered that he'd been shot. Oh, damn. does it for part two of Full Tilt Malone. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in to part three for more intrigue, gun shooting, and, well, gosh darn it, maybe a little love. Today's episode was brought to you by Slighted Bride Fortified Chardonnay. Slighted Bride, because your friends were right about him. And Hell's Bells Brothel, situated in scenic cremation. The lovely ladies of Hell's Bells are a little bit of heaven on earth. Just behave yourself, because they'll kill your ass. Yes, the stuff in the margins! Who wants to play constables in robes?